0: There's a new 00 agent in MI6. Newly minted Agent 007, James Bond, has been tasked with joining a high-stakes poker game in Montenegro. His goal? Win the game. Defeat a terrorist banker named Lashif, and stop him from funding global terrorism. This weekend sees Daniel Craig end his run as James Bond with No Time to Die, but it began in 2006 with Casino Royale. I'm Connor Izzagheri. I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. (laughs) happy wednesday everyone and welcome to a special filmgasm we're interrupting our cycle of movie picking to celebrate the beginning of daniel craig's james bond run with what we think is his best film casino royale i'm joined today by oscar sunday host austin johnson who's here to help me figure out why casino royale may just be the definitive bond film thanks for joining me yeah of course uh
1: last time i was on filmgasm was episode 150 yeah Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I had I obviously had a blast, but it's good to be back with a movie that I uh just have a lot to say about. I love this this one so much. I think it's like you said, the definitive Bond film, the most entertaining Bond film, probably my favorite Bond villain. And I just uh have have so much fun with this movie. And last night while watching it, I was like, well. I mean, are are we going to be able to record this in one night? There's so much to say about how cool it
0: is. <laughs> yeah, this one, this is a special one. I, I was introduced to the Bond films around this time. It was, um, I think I talked a bit about this when we did Dr. No. Yeah. But it's been a minute, so I'll, I'll recap a little bit. Uh, Die Another Day was my first Bond film. Um, I got it for, for my birthday uh, For my uncle. He gave me a stack of films he thought I would like. And Die Another Day was in that stack. And I watched it and I thought, this is goofy, but I am into this. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. From there, I think then we went and saw Casino Royale with the movies. And I'm like, all right, I'm a James Bond fan. And then from then I just kept, I got like the collections for Christmas and just marathoned these things. And I never stopped. I've seen all of these, all the Bond films, at least four or five times a piece. It's one of my favorite franchises. I can find something to like in pretty much all of them. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I pretty much kicked to the curb. But the rest of them, there's something to find in all of these films, whether it be a performance or a stunt or a song or a you know score or a villain. It's always there's always something with each of these films. And uh, for a lot of people, Daniel Craig is the only James Bond. Uh, you know, he's, he's this generation's Bond. And a lot of people have bothered with the old ones and are not looking forward to the next ones because it's not him. Uh, I know some people. I, I know my my uh, members of my family might be done with Bond because Craig's not doing it anymore. <laughs> That's hard.
1: That's hard because I think a lot of people had that idea in their head when Daniel Craig was announced as the new Bond in yeah. in two thousand five or so before the film came out. And I just I, I have to see. You know, this also happened with like Heath Ledger's joker in dark knight where people are like what Oh, that's stupid like he just played a cowboy in brokeback mountain why would you choose him it's like well th- these 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 people are talented they're actors for a reason you know they they're able to be chameleons and do different things and i i can't wait to see who's going to get you know he's going to be at the helm who's going to be the next 007 and i think the list of people as it keeps kind of growing and the wish list keeps growing I'm, I'm all in on whoever it's going to be. I'm just ready to see that new one. Cause I, I do think Casino Royale is, is my, is my favorite and probably the best bond I've ever seen. So I'm excited to see what the first one is going to be once he's gone, you know, are they going to go for a guy who's in his forties where he can only maybe do three, maybe four movies. Are they going to go with a guy who's in his thirties where they can like, all right, let's do this thing. Let's do, let's do like we do with bond where we go 15 years of making five films that's what I can't wait for those kind of calls. I can't wait.
0: Jesus, it, it's been 15 years. Since 15 Royale. years. Five, yeah, but
1: that's crazy. We're at a 15 year anniversary of this movie and it's crazy because it feels like it could have came, came out like yesterday. So it's really wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible.
0: Um, so for today's episode, um, we're going to kind of go through the transition between Brosnan and Craig, the backlash yeah. Uh, the legacy and just what Casino Royale represents to us. Uh, It's going to be a fun fucking episode. I'm, I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As we should be.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So back in the distant past of 2002, Eon Productions and MGM released Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan's fourth Bond adventure, Halle Berry, Toby Stevens, North Korea face transplant. That didn't really make a lot of sense. Space laser, John Cleese's cue. it's not perfect, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Visible car, like there's, it's a, it's a ridiculous movie. But it was the 20th, it was a, you know, the, the 20th Bond film, there were references to the previous 19 all throughout that film. Little things, lines of dialogue, props in the background. And you could tell there was an attempt to, you know, celebrate the, the, the legacy of this franchise. Um, it was a, It was a box office success. Earned about four hundred million, but it was critically reviled, and Bond fans fucking hated it. This film is a joke to the Bond to the Bond community, which is, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's the worst Bond film. I think if you could just turn yourself off for a little bit, it's a fun movie. Um, so I'm pretty much I'm I'm alone in that camp. This <laughs> not a lot of people will defend Diane other day. Uh, uh, I I will. <laughs> oh, okay, I fine. will I will because. Uh, uh,
1: as like a teenager watching that one, uh, I'll be honest, you know, Halle Berry just kind of stole my heart. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's popcorn. It's, that's fine. That's fine. It's okay for that to happen every now and again, especially with an action film about a secret agent who can do all kinds of stuff. So it, I, I, I'm, I don't think people should go into these bond movies with these crazy expectations. So when it does work out like Casino Royale, you're just rewarded. You're like, oh, fuck, I got, I got a real good movie here with a pretty awesome plot and great performances. But on base level, it's okay to just kind of, like you said, turn off for a couple hours and just watch a movie and just have fun.
0: Yeah. Does Die Another Day feature a scene where Bond takes the uh, hood off of a snowmobile, ties it to a parachute, and surfs a wave caused by a space laser that's destroying... The Arctic. Yeah, it does kick ass in front of the, (laughs) some of the worst green screen I've ever seen. Yeah. But I don't, you know, it's also got a great scene where bond is literally captured by North Koreans and tortured for two years. And that, that was a pretty dark place to go for 2002, you know, Brosnan bond, but everyone kind of gave up when the invisible car showed up. (laughs) Uh And that really kind of um, encouraged the Broccoli's, uh, or I guess Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson to um, kind of bring this franchise back to its roots, kind of take away a lot of the goofy shit, and try to make a pretty straightforward, streamlined spy adventure for the next Bond. Uh, Brosnan stepped down from the role in 2004 after trying to get, you know, he he was kind of strung along, for like, they were thinking about doing a fifth film with him. But, you know, they weren't happy with Die Another Day, the, the, the backlash. And it was, success, it was successful, but it wasn't as successful as they wanted. And eventually they just, you know, Eon and in parted ways. So the search for the next Bond was on. Some actors considered by Eon and the producers were Carl Urban, Ewan McGregor, a young Henry Cavill, who only didn't get it because he was 22. He was the only other guy seriously considered. Before, um, instead of Daniel Craig But 22 years old a Bit young for a seasoned Hardened killer <laughs> Yeah
1: oh man That would be really cool though uh, I would love I would love to see Someone like in their 20s Kind of like at the beginning of their You know prime Get get something like this And just change everything we know about him Because it would be cool to see Bond You know, at the beginning of Casino Royale, we see that he's got his license to kill. He's, you know, gets two kills right away at the very, like in the first five minutes of the movie. We see two, we see one brutal, brutal kill, and we see one just kind of like very clever, very smart kill, kind of like a, kind of like an homage to what Bond's capable of in the past in different films with Connery and Dalton and, you know, Roger Moore and those guys. So that's really cool. But I think it'd be awesome to see a bond without the license to kill and kind of the aging process of like of becoming hearted and what made him so hard and what made him just calloused it would it would take a lot of films i think or maybe or maybe it would take like a, a mini series type thing you know where they're, they're like let's change it up but i i'm i'm always a fan of them just making movies out of this and, and that's it
0: I get where you're coming from, but there's certain characters that I think if you tell too much of their story, it ruins a little bit of the mystery. Like it can, it can. Yeah. I look at the Joker, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's movie, love it or hate it. We now know where he came from. If this is the story you're going to choose bond. I don't, I feel like the guy, you know, his, his future speaks more than his past. I think Mm -hmm. that we don't need to know where he came from. We just need to know that he he's here. Like, we, you know, you kind of, and the Craig films kind of do that. They show you the the means and the environment that shapes someone who becomes a double O, someone who, like as he says, is half monk, half hitman, someone who can yeah. make those splits isn't uh, split decisions, ah, split second decisions, and uh, come out on top. You know, I couldn't do it, you couldn't do it. No. Somebody who comes from you know trauma can put his emotions aside and get the job done. And I don't think we necessarily need to know what that trauma was, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. No, no. I like that. Uh, Daniel Craig was 38 years old when the first one came out, casino Royale. And that just kind of makes sense, right? Just to pick someone who's right around 40. That is a bit callous that has those aging qualities about their face, whether it be, you know, just the way their eyes kind of sag just from living life and things yeah. like that. I think, I think Craig is probably the perfect age to properly do bond and, and start it off at the bang,
0: It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tough, you know, avenue to go because you got to find somebody who's young enough to helm a franchise for the foreseeable future, but also old enough to believe that this guy has been through the ringer and is capable of this shit. So yeah. it's hard to find that balance. Uh, but they found it in Craig. And I think honestly, every bond has their own, you know, kind of uh fan base they all ha- bring something to the character but craig was really brutal like he was less you know sleeping with you know hot chicks and drinking martinis and more just like murder <laughs> and i kind of like that like he was very much just i'll i'll do the job and i'm going to do it my way and i don't know i just i, I you're inevitably going to compare all the bonds to the other actors um, and I just think Craig has this brutality that the rest of them just didn't have. But that could also be, you know, they were made in the '60s and '70s, and you couldn't go that far.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, so Sean Connery goes from '62, Doctor No, to 1967, You Only Live Twice, it's a five-year, five-movie run, and then he comes back again for 1971, Diamonds Are Forever, fantastic movie. Ah. So that's a that's a that's a nine-year nine-year little gap there. Uh, Roger Moore goes Live and Let Die, 1973, to 1985's A View to a Kill, 1985, 12 years. Uh, then you move on to Timothy Dalton, who does A Couple, uh, 1987, The Living Daylights and License to Kill, 1987, 1989. And then you get Brosnan for seven years, from '95 to 2002. Craig is the longest-running one of all of them. He has the longest tenor and... It just it just makes sense to me. He's he is the best one in my opinion at playing Bond, and at his physique is crazy. And you believe, as ridiculous as some of the stuff is, when he's you know at the beginning of Casino Royale when you have a really cool chase when he's in Africa, and you see him just like jumping off stuff and landing and like what? But you look at him and you're like that guy's fucking jacked, and he's a freak of nature. And he's he is calloused, like you can like see it in his eyes; they're glazed over, like he's. Daniel Craig is perfect for an action star. I think he could have played, you know, he could could be fucking Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible. He could be Jason Bourne. He could be James Bond. Like, this guy's just bred for this kind of stuff. And I I don't think the other guys, the other guys are kind of, like, weak. Like, dare I say, they're just not nearly as imposing, in my opinion. Craig is like, that guy could snap me like a twig. But, like, Roger Moore? Come on. Okay, I I I, I could take that guy on. <laughs> like I could take on Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, whatever. You know, it, it, it Sean Connery, just by looking at you, will probably take you down. But Daniel Craig is a freak of nature and like a very physical, physically imposing kind of person. And I just I love that for an action star. It makes it more believable that he's just running through shit. <laughs> he just runs through walls. Like and I believe it. It's really I, I it's really a smart choice in my opinion. As as Movies have changed as the times have changed going into the 2000s. It just makes sense that they would choose someone who's like a little bit more beefy, is almost like a football player. And I, I like that call. Whoever ultimately made that final decision is a genius.
0: <laughs> That'd probably be Barbara Broccoli, I think. Pro- yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Roger She's Moore. Like, this guy. This guy's a good looking fucker. Yeah. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go with him. Roger Moore was Bond for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And Craig was, jeez, if you if you look at Live and Let Die and A View to a Kill back to back, he had a rough fucking twelve years compared to Craig's fifteen. Yeah, I, that's amazing. Oh my god, I was assuming Roger Moore was Bond for like thirty years. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Um, they were also considering um Doug Ray Scott, who seemed to be considered for so many great roles he never got. <laughs> yeah. Like James Bond, Wolverine, Aragorn—never happened, almost happened, but never happened. Those are huge
1: yells. Oh man, <laughs> like, the, 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 those are all roles that would change your entire life as an actor. Yeah. Good yeah. God.
0: <laughs> uh, Anthony Starr, the guy who plays Homelander on The Boys, he was considered. Yeah, and then uh Rupert Friend, who uh, I think his biggest claim to fame is uh, he was in that Hitman sequel, the video game movie, mm. So Okay. Not quite. No, I think they made the right call with Craig. The rest of these guys, I don't... I see some of them playing Bond villains. Like, of this group, I'd love to see... i to tell you, Cavill now would be a fucking amazing. But... Oh, yeah. Caleb and I talked about guy, that. That, that yeah. guy
1: is a freak. Like, as Superman, you're like, holy shit, that's Superman. You know, <laughs> that guy is huge. <laughs> And as Bond, it would be, if he was Bond, I'd be like, yeah, he could probably beat up
0: anybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it or hate it. That scene in mission impossible fallout when he like fucking box his arms, like shotguns. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I I love that, that mission impossible. I have, you know, they're kind of hit or miss for me, all of them. Yeah. But that one's in probably the top three for me. I thought that one's really, really strong. That's partly due to be, it's like, if Ethan Hunt can beat this guy, then holy shit, you know, you got to give him his flowers. Like, it's just, (laughs) that guy's a monster. And of course, you know, MI3, like, how do you take down Philip Seymour Hoffman's sadistic, you know, I will hunt down your wife (laughs) and I'm going to hurt her. Like, it's just, there's a few, few, few scenes in those movies that, that are pretty kick-ass. Yeah.
0: I think Doug Ray Scott's the bad guy in part two. Yeah, he is.
1: Yeah, you're right. Mi two, Mi two, probably the worst one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a universe out there where so many franchises didn't take off because of Doug Ray Scott's involvement. Yeah, <laughs> I just sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, just sad. I know. Uh, yesterday's um, sneak preview, Caleb and I got to talking about the Bond uh, thing and who we want to play Bond, and Cavill's name came up, but he's so committed to The Witcher now. Yeah. That that's all he wants to do. I mean, he's a big fan of the game and the books. Like this is his dream job, so he's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, whatever, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I just I wish he was more of a movie movie guy, I guess, for like well, selfish reasons.
0: He's I feel like, you know, he had potential to be such an incredible Superman, but he never got the script he deserved, and now he's counted amongst the worst, and I don't think that's fair. It's not his fault.
1: Yeah, no, that's those are those are not the actors' faults. I those the, the recent D.C. mess is not, no. not their fault.
0: But the name I keep tossing around for Bond, and I really hope somebody else like with clout considers this, Richard Madden.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be a great call. Richard Madden, how old is he right now? Let's see.
0: I think like mid-30s.
1: Yeah, he's born in 1986. So, yeah, he's
0: yeah, he's in his mid-30s. Yeah,
1: that'd be perfect.
0: Him or Henry Golding? I think he could pull it off, too.
1: Yeah, Henry Golding is my dream choice. Like if they were to go for it, the proper age. But I also am in the camp that, like, yeah, if they knocked out two like strong Bond films with the Idris Alba, I'm I'm in. <laughs> I'm fucking in.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. But he he's already been adamant that he does not want to do this.
1: Yeah, and he's he's 46 years old, Idris Alba. So it's like, how long? I mean, Daniel Craig is fifty-three right now. So God, it's like
0: damn, he looks great. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean how long can Idris really go? You know, like, how do we know he's, how he's going to age? You know uh, obviously he's a, another imposing kind of guy and just an awesome actor can do it in TV and film. Uh, but I, I, I'm always weary about guys that are over like 42, 45, like they're around that. I think it's too late to kind of choose them as, you know, as a guy who's going to go for maybe four or five movies.
0: Yeah, plus, you know, there's the element of, you know, Bond seducing all these hot young women. And I mean, you look at a view to a kill, and, you know, Bond was, I think Roger Moore was in his late 50s, early 60s. And um, I don't remember the uh, Tanya, Tanya Roberts, maybe, uh, was like 25. <laughs> and it's gross. It's, he, even he was like, she's old enough to be my granddaughter. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> This is weird. Yeah. So you got to take that into account as well. Uh, so obviously Wilson and uh, broccoli found Daniel Craig. Uh, his performance in 2004s lair layer cake is likely what got him noticed by these guys. Uh, yeah. I like to think that Connor Rooney and road to perdition had something to do with this as well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. We I think we've brought that movie up a few times just on various episodes. Uh, and we both are huge fans. He's, he's so damn good in that, in that one.
0: When Craig was announced as Bond in 2005, fans were surprisingly livid. They didn't think Craig fit uh, fit the mold of Bond. They thought he was too young, too short, too blonde. Craig went on to lead the most profitable era of the Bond franchise and star in five films, but the deck was stacked against him as it often is when you've got, you know, an out of the box choice for a, fan favorite character you know like you, you brought up heath ledger and the joker uh this happens all the time you know be it batman doctor who james bond there's you know these characters that carry so much baggage it's it's hard to a put your own spin on it and b take the backlash it's mm. i can't imagine having that kind of weight on your shoulders
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then to just destroy (laughs) (laughs) just quite frankly destroy and make this movie makes just so much money at the box office and hand over fist and people like loved it immediately and praised praised what he was doing deconstructing what we know as bond as the like like you mentioned just kind of like martinis and sleeping with women all the time he's like i'm killing like he kills so many people in this movie and it, it just sets the tone for like you're, you're watching
0: a different kind of action star. It's, it's 007, but not like you've seen before. Well, what we see from Dr. No to Die Another Day is really kind of an unstoppable killing machine who never really has a, a down moment. You know, there's moments where he's like, you know, strapped to a table with Goldfinger's laser almost getting his nuts. But, you know, he's getting out of it like there's never any long term damage. But with Craig's bond, he fucks up consistently. He falls, yeah. he, you know, he almost gets poisoned. He, you know, there's bruises, there's blood, there's scars. And you get the, you know, cause this isn't, this is his first mission. Like he's not the James Bond that we have met. This is a guy who's just figuring it out. And I think that's such a cool way to go to show us the human side of such a, you know, hard to kind of, uh, what's, oh, there's a word like just an unattainable character. Mm -hmm. But to bring him down to earth is so smart and worked. And Craig just keeps building off this performance in all of his films. And I'm so anxious to see the the new one, to see how this character bows out. Because it's not just, you know, Craig's Bond is unlike the rest of James Bond because they're all kind of, I'm fairly certain from, you know, 62 to 2002, it's supposed to be the same man. Same guy, just different face every time. Craig's Bond, you know, casino to no time to die is telling its own story. Mm. And I, I love that. We're going to see if he might die. (laughs) Like Honestly, I don't know. He might, he might kick the bucket. We might see bond, like give his life for the world or something. Yeah.
1: That wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me at all. I definitely forgot. I mean, I didn't forget plot points of the movie and major, major points. But as you're watching it, you know you're going to talk about it on a podcast. You want to really try to gather what it is you love about it and like what, what, what stands out to you. <clears throat> and he's not only like falling and messing up, but it's like like major mistakes. I mean, mistakes that at the beginning of the movie almost get him kicked out, You know, almost get him essentially fired. And you're like, oh Bond's just like a fucking delinquent. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like 007 is just like a fucking degenerate. And I love that about him. I love that so much. I love when he's actually playing cards and he becomes kind of like a a trope from other gambling movies that I love where he's just like, I gotta keep playing, gotta keep, fire, 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 fire. you know, gotta like I gotta go. I I I'm out of money, so what? I gotta keep I gotta keep going. And I, I love that. I love that part of it, the unpredictability of it is, is huge. And going into no time to die, I think you're right. I think something major, major is going to happen in that movie and it could be his death or it's going to be something, something tough to handle because this is it. This is it for Craig
0: (laughs) this weekend. It's crazy. Over the course of the Craig bond films, we see this bond come to terms with so much about himself, about his heart, about his job that, I feel like self-sacrifice is kind of the natural progression of this. Like this is where it's going, you know,
1: it's kind of what he wanted all along. Right. Yeah. It's like, he, he wanted to just like, Oh man, she need to get out of here. Like this, this I'm trapped <laughs>
0: yeah. v- with, you know, losing Vesper was like it for him. That was, his heart is gone. You know, now he's, he's the callous agent who doesn't care, but you know, through Skyfall inspector, we see him kind of, get a little bit of that back like with M and even with Blofeld to an extent, you know, finding his brother, quote unquote brother again, I yeah, wasn't the biggest yeah. fan of that plot line, but it, it was what it was. And uh, I just think, you know, I hope they do it right. I hope they don't, you know, give us a dark Knight rises. The cockpit was empty ending. <laughs> I want to see like a, if he's going to die, fucking die. I want to see some, some consequences here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think you will. I think. I think, I think no time to die is going to hopefully be, you know, the next best to Casino Royale of, of these, these five Craig films. I really hope so.
0: Ooh, it could be. Uh, so let's get into the film itself. Talk about the, uh, the cast and crew here. Casino Royale is based on the very first bond novel by Ian Fleming. That was first published in 1953. He wrote it over the span of three months, writing about 2000 words a day. Uh, MGM obtained, this is crazy, MGM obtained the rights to this film from Sony in 1999, trading them the film rights to Spider-Man in the process. So Casino Royale is why Sony owns Spider-Man. Yep. (laughs) Insanity. Yeah. And if some of you may be thinking like, wait wait a minute, a a superhero franchise has got to be infinitely more potentially successful than one Bond story. And yeah, that's true now. In 1999, two years prior, Batman and Robin destroyed the superhero film industry. Nobody wanted to take a chance on a superhero movie. They were considered like just way too risky. So basically, MGM had these, you know, these Spider Man rights over here just floating, wasting space. And Sony had something that could be potentially successful with Casino Royale. And they're like, all right, swap. It's hard to believe that at one point the rights to Spider Man were considered. You know, worthless
1: (laughs) Yeah Well, I I think Up until 2002, you know, obviously Sam Raimi changes people's idea About that And that was a risk in itself Was just doing that and giving a real Filmmaker like Raimi The reins to to a franchise And to really make his own story out of it Make his own little world out of it And it obviously worked Because that first one's so fucking good And still to me is one of the better, one of the better superhero movies I've ever seen live action superhero movies I've ever seen is that 2002 Spider-Man and the second one's pretty damn good too. And the third one, you know, you know, it has its, has its issues, but it, but it was very successful and very much changed along with, I think, you know, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy and the Incredibles from Pixar. I think all those movies kind of happening in the early 2000s, mid 2000s changed, changed movies forever quite <laughs> frankly
0: and don't discount what i think is you know the true beginning of the superhero craze uh brian singer's x-men 2000 ah that yeah. was the big and, one
1: and, and i think uh I, I also like to throw blade in there <laughs> oh, yeah. we love blade
0: yeah blade's blade, great <laughs> blade did
1: not make x-men money no, no it didn't make any uh yeah those other movies just destroyed
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> But we uh, love Blade. It's just as good as the others.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> in the Casino Royale novel, uh, they're not playing Texas Hold'em because this is Montenegro. Why would they be playing Texas Hold'em in Montenegro? They're playing Baccarat, which is Bond's game of choice. But this being, you know, two thousand six and big in America, no one knows what the fuck Baccarat is or how to play it. So Texas yeah,
1: Hold'em. yeah, yeah. And the way it, the way it's explained is is, is it's a very simple game. It's one of the most simple you know, classic games of poker you can play. Makes it very easy to follow what's happening on the screen when you're watching. You're not uh, even if you have no idea what's going on in poker or gambling. It's very easy to tell. oh, Okay, it's good to have three of the same card. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good to have five cards in a row that that line up and match. You know whether it be two, three, four, five, six. You know so on and so forth. It it makes it easy as a movie to be entertaining and follow without knowing about poker, which is just such a smart move.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I believe I read that this was the the first Bond film since Moonraker to be based on one of Fleming's novels. Mm. Uh, They ran out of novels pretty fast. There's only 11 Bond novels. And uh, so they mined his short stories, The Living Daylights, Octopussy, For Your Eyes Only. These are all short stories where they pretty much just took the title and then made up their own story. I mean, Moonraker, for example, does not involve a psychotic British billionaire creating an extinct virus out of flowers and then catapulting a bunch of handsome people to space to wipe out the human race and restart. Uh-huh. his image. That's not what the book's about. <laughs> like Star Wars had just come out and they needed to do something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the late 70s and 80s. We're all, we all got to go to space. Yeah.
0: It's ridiculous. It's fun. Moonraker is a fun movie, but it is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's,
1: that's well, well, well put. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, to helm the film Casino Royale, Bond alumni Martin Campbell was brought on board. Campbell had previously resurrected the Bond franchise once before in 1995 with Goldeneye. And has also directed *The Mask of Zorro*, *The Legend of Zorro*, *Vertical Limit*, and *Green Lantern*. So, kind of a mixed oh, bag. But when it comes to Bond films, there might be no one better. Uh, there, there's no one. There's no one
1: you probably want more to do your first one, right? Who, who <laughs> understands? Who understands? Hey, introducing this character needs to be fast, quick, pacey, and let's just get let's, let's get to it. You know, let's get to that that gritty stuff where he is killing and.
0: He's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As Carly Simon once said, nobody does it better. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Martin Campbell. Yeah. Legend of Zorro sucked. Yeah. Green Lantern sucked. But you throw this guy in the Bond franchise. Jesus Christ, does he deliver? GoldenEye is a badass movie. And one of my favorites. I mean, you know, you got Sean Bean as a disgraced double O going after the entire British government for revenge. yes. Sign,
1: sign me up. Yeah. yeah.
0: Tina Turner's theme, a kind of a darker Brosnan bond. He wasn't quite the, you know, the goofy die another day bond yet. He was, there's still a little, you know, kind of a callous there. You've got Robbie Coltrane as a Russian gangster. Sure. Why not? Uh, it's, it's a fun movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do. I do like that one a lot. It just makes no sense that Martin Campbell is the guy who is the guy at the helm for casino royale I, I i just see it as i think you called it lightning in a bottle when we were kind of texting about yeah. about it it just makes no sense when you look at the full especially if you took golden eye away from the filmography you're like wait what <laughs> how on earth is this the guy you know like the protege and the foreigner and these warriors tv movie reckless tv movie green lantern edge of darkness like well what that's the guy who made this one of to me one of the strongest uh you know mainstream films of
0: all the 2000s what the fuck like, it's just it's just bonkers i i, I thought the protege wasn't bad admittedly but fair enough. fair enough and the, and the mask of zoro was one of my favorite movies okay nine, 98 mask of zoro is good legend of zoro that's the 2005 one not good not good that movie's nine. dog shit but the first yeah. one you know, I'll, I'll I'll accept Anthony Hopkins as a Spaniard named Diego de la Vega. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> He's done yeah. crazier shit, yeah. It takes more <laughs> than a tiny little mustache to make a Spaniard, but whatever. <laughs> it's a that movie's fun. Oh man. So, Daniel Craig played Bond in Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. 5 uh, five Bond run, solid run, uh, mostly good. The only one I'm not really a fan of is Quantum, but that's kind of universal. Uh, it's just um,
1: uh, monumentally less entertaining than Casino Royale too. It's like, oh, it follows up this one that surprised people and still stands the test of time, and Quantum's like, ah, fuck, I guess I gotta watch that one. You know, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. I think it is keeping away. I mean, I think Skyfall is 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 wonderful. Inspectors pretty good. I think it's got really cool moments, but I don't think altogether it's nearly as strong as Skyfall or Casino. But if you, if Quantum was just a bit better, this could be a five movie run. That's just unforgettable, you know, and it sucks that that's slightly holding it back from being kind of, kind of put into a, uh, put into a franchise hall of fame kind of thing. I think it's holding it back just a
0: little bit and that's unfortunate. The only Bond who had a solid run, in my opinion, was Connery. All all of his films are fucking gold.
1: They're all, yeah, they're all worth your time. You know, uh, of course, there's moments that are, you know, haven't aged well, but overall, as movies, they're still worth watching. You know,
0: if you can set aside the rape and the racism, yeah, it's yeah. great, it's a great run. There you go,
1: yeah, <laughs> speed bumps.
0: God. Pretty fucking huge speed bumps. I mean, you know. Yeah,
1: they're like those speed bumps uh, at those schools where they're like they're 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 not they're not made out of concrete. They're like ramps, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh fuck! If you have a little car, you're gonna you, you like really have to slow down to. to
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to get a, to get over it. It's hard to excuse, you know, Bond being transformed into an Asian man to hide in Japan, and all they do is give him a bowl cut and kind of paint his eyes a little bit. Oh, it's pretty fucked. God. Yeah, 60s, and also, yikes. The assassins find him immediately. So it didn't do anything. <laughs> it's just there for I don't know why it's there. Uh you've got, you know, Bond forcing himself on Pussy Galore and Goldfinger. That's hard to get past. But I don't apart from that, solid run. And I'd argue Dalton, solid run as well. I mean, he only that, had that, two, but those yeah. two are great. That one
1: two is nice. Yeah. See, I I would love for a guy to do that now. That's why I was kind of speaking about Idris Elba. It'd be cool to see someone go bang, bang, you know, like in a two-year span, just knock out two solid movies and then pass it on again. Because it's just like, who the fuck is going to do it? Craig's
0: done. (laughs) But these days, you know, the way you do franchises, like you're expected to be in it for fucking ever. I mean, you're signing, you know, five, six picture contracts.
1: Yeah. Look at Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) after the MCU. He's like, okay, guys. I've done fifteen of these bastards. Let me get. Let me get out of here. <laughs> uh,
0: kill me now. <laughs> I can. I'm imagining like you know, Daniel Craig is done with Bond. He's washed his hands of it. And I just picture like Marvel's people get him a call and him just being like, "Fuck off!" and going yeah. and hanging up the phone. Just be like, "I am indie till the day I die." Yeah.
1: Yeah, the most mainstream big thing I'm doing is knives out, bitches.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I got my like $400 million check from that and I am set.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he would, it would be very cool to see him play a villain of some sort um, in something big, but it it ain't happening.
0: Yeah. It's a shame. I think he'd make personally, you know, pretty decent Magneto, but oh, I don't don't think that's happening. Yeah, uh, he could do he could do a lot in the
1: MCU. Oh, he could play a lot of different people.
0: Some of uh, Craig's other notable films include Road to Perdition, The Golden Compass, Munich, Cowboys and Aliens, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Logan Lucky, and Knives Out. Uh, he is a great actor, great performer, and he hates James Bond more than anybody. And he's very happy to be done with this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I love
1: how there was that one video going around where he's like thanking everybody on set just to like look look like he is having a good time. <laughs> that was that was funny.
0: <laughs> Remember, I think it was on the it was either on the Skyfall or Spectre press tour where they asked him about doing another one. He's like, I would rather break this glass and slit my wrists than ever play James Bond again. And you can quote me. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone, yeah, MGM was like, the fuck, man, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: Being, I'm being honest, yeah. Yeah, and then he had to be
0: like, "I'm sorry, I just, I'm, i a little beat. Give me like six years, and we'll talk."
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god.
0: <laughs> I, I like him a lot,
1: though. I think he's done really cool stuff, uh, weaving in and out of playing Bond and doing doing different kinds of things. I, I think, I think my favorite, I, I really like. Uh, what he's doing is Mikael Blomquist and the girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now, one thing he he did not even try doing in that movie, which I just I, I just don't care because I think he's a great actor. He, you know, it's a Swedish, you know, Swedish story, stre- Swedish books, and the original three films are all in Swedish. And Rudy Mara is doing like an accent. She's speaking English, but she's doing an accent. Daniel Craig is like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm gonna speak how I speak, and you just gotta run with it. But that movie is so good. And watching him go from playing Bond, this superimposing, just like kind of monster character to a reporter who is unraveling this just nasty, nasty web of lies uh, while working with Rooney Mara's uh, Elizabeth Slander, is is really cool. Is really cool to see him kind of bounce back and forth between this sophisticated journalist reporter who's always you know taking his glasses on and off and figuring things out to just beefy dude who's shooting people uh i've i've always had mad respect for that and then logan lucky steven soderbergh's logan lucky that movie's that movie's good it's not great it's good a lot of soderbergh movies just just kind of entertain you they come and they go and then some of them are incredible you know i think soderbergh is just a quality filmmaker Who's going to entertain you? And Logan Lucky, he is without a doubt the best part of that movie, amongst a, a really unique cast of you know like Channing Tatum and Adam Driver. He's kind of just steals the show as Joe Bang. I, I love him in that movie, and his accent is fucking wild, and his whole storyline, his hair is, is is fucking nuts. It's like bleach blonde. So I, I I love him in in specific movies, and then of course like you mentioned earlier. Road to Perdition I love him in defiance I think I think that movie's wow. underrated I yeah. uh, really really like him in that uh, he's he's done some good things around this monster franchise and he doesn't need to do that you know he doesn't need to try in anything but he really does he really he really does other than, other than that Swedish accent but I forgive him because that movie's so good Girl with drag tattoos <laughs> one, of, one of the more underrated movies I think from the earlier part of the 2010s. He, he's, he's really good in it, and Rooney Mara is even better.
0: I think it's interesting that he's kind of found a new niche in playing, like, Southern fried characters. Yeah. With so Logan Lucky and Knives Out, he's kind of like, this is what he loves doing right now. Yeah. Let me do exactly opposite of James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> what is the opposite of highly refined MI6 agent James Bond? Kentucky private eye. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> he's supposed to be
1: in a movie. Uh, I'm not sure when it's supposed to come out. It's called The Creed of Violence. Uh, and that movie's directed by Todd Field, who's just a, hmm. a, ble- a blessing to the film community, directed Little Children and In the Bedroom. Uh, he's just a fantastic a dynamite director. So I will be keeping my eyes out for that seeing Craig work with someone like that will be really special and apparently apparently there's going to be 3 Knives Out
0: movies so yeah. it's like yeah he's good he's good <laughs> biggest deal in Netflix history like Ryan Johnson and Craig made like 400 million a pop like this was huge and you know what I like Knives Out it's a good movie uh so and I the ensemble for Knives Out 2 is looking insane so I'm I'm on board yeah it's kind of
1: like a you know obviously it's a who done it and and ooh, why wouldn't you want to be in that as an actor, you know, just yeah. having fun with other really, really, really strong actors. Yeah. I, I know like Edward Norton, Ethan Hawke are both lined up for this one. Catherine Han, Kate Hudson. It's like, what the fuck? Janelle Monet is supposed to be Batista's in there. Yeah. Dave Batista. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. <laughs> just, they're, they're, they're going, they're going even wilder. You know, I think the first one was like stacked with like legendary performers and this one they're going with even more unique type, type character actors and I, I love that
0: yeah me too um i guess ryan johnson's gonna have more time on his hands now that i don't think he's doing any more star wars
1: <laughs> no he's not no he doesn't need to be doing that no he doesn't that's not where his mind is I, i've watched interviews with him and it's like how do you say no to star wars right of course but yeah. But also, you know, I would I would say no because I'd be like, oh, I would fuck it up because I don't know anything about the franchise. I don't know how yeah. to like, properly properly respect it. I think he the what he respects and what he's a fan of. I think it better suits him for doing stuff like Knives Out, where he can really fuck with genre and do different things and be a little bit more free. Star Wars is like, hey, you're here, you're in this world, you have to stay here, and. That's not for every, that's not for every filmmaker. (laughs) Clearly.
0: Clearly it's not.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Trying to be nice. I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah.
0: (laughs) Not for Ryan. (laughs) Um, Eva Green plays Vesper Lind, British treasury agent. Green has also appeared in Dark Shadows, 300 Rise of an Empire, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and the series Penny Dreadful. And I always think she's had like such a long career of like, you know, respected British roles but look at her IMDb and no not really she's pretty much been doing shit for quite a while <laughs> yeah you would have
1: thought you know she's 26 when this movie comes out Casino Royale and, and uh, if you see that you're like oh man you think you think a career is really coming you know
0: yeah
1: and no it like went total opposite I really wish she could get a, some sort of redo um, through her th- 20s and 30s because I, I just think decisions bad decisions were made I think she just fell into, uh, fell into some sort of hole where she just wasn't picking the right movies. And that, that will happen. You know, that, that does happen. I think it's, I think it's a lot harder than people realize to just choose movies to just choose work because you're, you're, you're an actor. This is what you do. You gotta, you gotta try out for stuff, audition for stuff and, and be picked. And I think the stuff she was picked for just didn't pan out for movie fans therefore her career just looks kind of kind of dull and i don't i don't know i that sucks because she is dynamite in casino royale and not not like most of your bond women you know she is like whip smart yeah and that first that first scene when you see them on the plane together and they're just kind of assessing each other she just fucking cracks right back at him and it's it's so cool like she's extremely intelligent and such a vital piece to the, to the story and the ending and his, and his character development through, you know, through the next four films, you know, going into no time to die. You just don't have that without Vesper being such a strong character and us believing that this character meant so much to his life and his, you know, his heart and, and, you know, and the fucking password, you know, the fucking password, (laughs) Is, yeah. is her. I love that scene when he starts spelling it out. So cool.
0: <laughs> Fucking Martini
1: is her. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: She, yeah. She meant everything to him and losing her turned him into the jaded secret agent that sleeps with every woman he comes across. There's no, you know, he, he'll never love again. It's a, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking, but I do love that she is a fully fledged character with her own wants and desires and development no, she doesn't have a stupid name like Pussy Galore or Holly Goodhead or Plenty O'Toole. These are all real characters, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Austin Powers. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. A lot of vagina is not all that far off.
1: No, no, no. Ivana. I want hump a lot. Yeah. Anything
0: that's a little more toned down.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Pussy galore is like, wait, what? <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: oh <geez>. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. So Vesper, you know, is a, a very cool kind of, you know, she's a counterpart, counterpoint to Bond. She has, you know, the wit and the brains to kind of shoot the barbs back. And I love that. Uh, but she also knows when to, you know, when to say no, when to put her foot down and, you know, for the good of the mission. Like when Bond loses everything to Le Chiffre the first time and then tells her, you know, I can do it. And he, she's like, no, your ego's in the way. You can't do it. I don't believe in you anymore. Like, you need that balance. You need someone to tell, Bond needs someone to tell him no. He needs to have someone to hold him back. And she was great.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I love her performance just as much as his in this movie. Yeah. Super important. And uh, we're, we're getting to my favorite, though. We're getting to my favorite of, of the whole film. Yeah. Oh, oh here he is.
0: <laughs> uh, Mads Mickelson plays terrorist banker Le Chiffre. Mickelson has also appeared in The Hunt, Doctor Strange, Another Round, Clash of the Titans, Rogue One a Star Wars story and the TV series Hannibal as Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And he god he's one of my favorite character actors, one of the most underappreciated performers working today, always delivers and the fact that we got him as a Bond villain is so just I'm so grateful, you know. He's he's so good as Lashif This kind of slimy weasel who's gambling with terrorist money. (laughs) I mean, what if he's a fuck up, you know, he's and I love that. He's kind of like, you know. Him and Bond have this cool back and forth of like, I know that, you know, that I know kind of thing. And I love I love that.
1: (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Ah, Yeah, fucking mads. What a cool touch! You know the we- weeping blood, all that stuff is just fucking stellar. And what, when you mentioned their, I know that you know, and all that stuff. That's that's my favorite part of this movie is when they're when they're playing, and you know because we don't know as the audience yet. I mean, especially if you haven't seen it, you know, it's your first time watching Casino Royale, which is, uh, that's such a treat. I still remember that first time just being like, oh my God, the fuck. When you, you don't know that when Bond explains what the tell is, when he goes up to the bar and you're like, oh, that fucker's working for him. <laughs> and then he does it and he's like, oh, you must've thought I was bluffing there. You know, it's like, oh my God. Right in the middle of the game in front of all these other players, it's really like, it's like, all right, me and you are really just playing. These other people are just fucking pawns, you know. Yeah. And they're pawns that are holding fifteen million dollars, you know. <laughs> like, it's crazy the amount of money at that table and the amount uh, that's at stake for both individuals. But Matt Mads is operating on a level of, I'm, I'm going to get tortured and killed if I don't win this game, and that 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 you know incentive that drive that he has is so cool it's such a cool thing to put into a movie and i love watching him before before all that happens before we see him and bond come face to face i love everything like about him when he's you know in africa then when he's on on that that like fucking yacht and he's playing games and he's like tell our tell our visitors they need to leave or we'll throw them off the fucking boat like hell yeah dude this guy fucking rules cuz he doesn't have to do anything himself until he like till he really needs to until his back is really against the wall or until he's like i'm going to get the password out of him by beating him in the fucking nuts over and over and over and I'm like ah oh, god what a character well well written well-rounded character that i can't get enough of and mads i mean you said it you said it right man he is the most maybe the most underappreciated character actor we have right now should be getting every fucking role offered to him he's he can do everything. He reminds me of my favorite people that have ever done this. And it excites me to know that I think his best stuff is still to come. Yeah. Which is, which is bonkers. I'm, I'm very partial to his, his work with Thomas Venterberg, the Danish stuff, you know, uh, the hunt and, and another round, like good God. Those are just singular experiences that you can't trade for the world. Those movies will just sweep you off your feet and kind of, kind of, attack on all the senses, uh, in particular, Another Round. I love Another Round with everything I've got. It's one of my favorite movies from last year.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was such a delightful movie about just, you know, fuck it, let's live life our way. But, um, yeah. Mickelson as Lashief is special because a lot of Bond films, they're, a lot of Bond villains, most of the time, their weakness is overconfidence. Yeah. And Lashief has that, but there's also this... Like, you know, he is constantly belittled by, you know, the terrorists who attack him. Mr. White, you know, killing him in the end. He's low level. He's low tier in you yeah. know, what we later find out is Spectre. I love that he's constantly call it, you know, my organization. Like longtime mm. Bond fans are like, that's fucking Spectre. <laughs> we, we knew immediately. But just I love that he's he's kind of he's a piece of shit. He's you know, he's gambling with terrorist money, knowing full well that if he loses, they're going to they're going to get his head. <laughs> but he doesn't care. He's so he's so arrogant about it. The whole thing with the with the plane, you know, blowing up the plane to short the stock. Great scheme. And oh, I could go on about Mads forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that guy. yeah, yeah. The the every little plot point that involves him is is pristine in my opinion. And like you said, that's when you know Mads does such a good job when you know that he's low level compared to these other guys. And when those guys come to his room, the African dudes come to his room and are like, I want my fucking money, you dirtbag, you know? And he he doesn't even blink when he's about to kill his girlfriend. And he's like, ah, you need to get a new boyfriend, you motherfucker. Like, I, I love that stuff because it does remind you that, oh, this guy is working for a lot of different people. He's not this badass that he's, but he's so good at making you believe he's so arrogant and so good. Mads is so good at portraying this character that you you're like, Oh, this guy's the baddest motherfucker in the room when really it's not even his money. It's not even, it's not even his own stuff. It's totally mind blowing. Uh, I love it so much. and I love that Jeffrey Wright comes into play and is
0: like, Oh, let's
1: take this bastard down. So cool.
0: My favorite little moment that Mads does in this movie is after his girlfriend serves Bond the poison martini, and Bond mm-hmm. takes a sip and he starts to feel like, "Wait a minute!" And you just see Mads kind of like tilt his head a little bit, looking at Bond like, "Hmm," feeling a little off, Mister Bond. Like he doesn't yeah. say a word, but it's all in the eyes of like, "You, you know what I did?" Like, yeah, <laughs> it's oh, it's quintessential Bond villain right there. And
1: you and and and, and neither of them can give it away because there's so many other players at the table who think this is a real like a legitimate game and they're like no it's me and you motherfucker and i'm gonna (laughs) take you out by killing you by poisoning you uh that scene is great that scene is is like pulsating it's like oh man like what's going on you know is he really about to be out of this game you know is the camera work
0: yeah yeah just the shakiness of the camera you know pointing down like bond you can feel that bonds in serious distress and then when he comes back and the chief looks at him like wait a minute what how are you alive and just, you know, the perfect Bond clip. Sorry about that. That last hand nearly killed me. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> so good.
0: Oh. Uh, I also love when uh, Lachif
1: says, You've changed shirts after he's got the blood on him from just, just
0: fucking murdering those two
1: guys. <laughs> oh my God. Is our little game uh, causing
0: you to perspire, Mr. Bond? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be too worried until I start weeping blood. Mm.
1: <laughs> Genius. Genius stuff. The card
0: that uh i know i
1: know that's like the most intense part and, but that 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 climax of of the the card game is like yeah some of the best stuff not only in bond but some of the best stuff i've
0: seen in gambling movies you I know love I, when, I, when they all like when bond orders his drink and everyone's like you know what that sounds good i'll have one and then yeah. the chief's like is that it we done we playing cards now like, yeah <laughs> it's like someone's in a hurry like just, does anyone want does anyone want to play poker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. And you had oh. Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey
1: Wright's like, someone's in a hurry. And that's when you're like, wait a minute, that guy's involved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh. fun little fact I didn't put in the uh the film guys in facts. I found this out a couple of weeks ago. One of the players, um, it's an Asian woman, and she yeah. was an ex-bond girl. She is one of the the um, she's the lady at the beginning of You Only Live Twice, who fake kills James Bond. Ah, okay no, that was nice that was neat <laughs> i like that that's really cool uh next up we've got oscar winner judy dench who plays m head of mi6's double o section uh she won her oscar for her performance in shakespeare in love was nominated for her performances in mrs brown Chocolat, iris mrs henderson presents notes on a scandal and philomena this is her fifth time playing M after the four Brosnan films, and she would reprise the role in Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and a brief cameo in Spectre. And she is fucking lights out as M. Just, you believe that this woman could corral James Bond into her office and give him the business, which she constantly does because he's, he's a bit of a fuck-up. And I just, yeah. I love it. You know, Bernard, I'm partial to Bernard Lee as M. He was uh, the first M for uh, Connery in about half of the, of the Moore era. He was good, but Judy Dench, I, she did such a great job. I'm so glad they carried her over from the Brazen films, considering it's a straight reboot. That was, that was interesting. And I love the relationship between her and Bond. It's this like kind of weird, you know, mother son thing that he like, she's the only one he really respects. <laughs> it's, it's great.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it's a crucial scene at the beginning when he breaks into her like flat, yeah. and she and she and he believes her when she's like, "I will have you killed if you ever do this again." <laughs> it's so cool, and then he's like, he goes on to almost slip up and say her name because he's like, "I thought M was just a random letter. I didn't know it stood for." Uh, and she's like, "Don't you fucking do that!" <laughs> uh, I love that. Judy Dench is she she represents at the same time that. Uh, like, she reminds me of both my grandmothers But also reminds me of my least favorite teacher In elementary school She's <laughs> brutality But also is going to like give you a plate of cookies Afterwards And I, I adore her She's amazing uh, a, tr- a treasure Really a treasure to, to the, the world of cinema
0: My favorite um, moment of hers uh, Comes in Skyfall After the uh, debacle Where the list is taken Bond is shot and she goes to talk to Mallory. Mallory's like, you know, we'd like you to leave with dignity. And she goes to hell with dignity. I'll leave when the job's done and walks out. It's uh, like, fuck. Yeah. That's what M would say. That's a leader. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. She, so she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, Trudy Dench. And uh, also, if anyone's curious, uh, there's a plaque in her office in either casino or Skyfall. Her name is Olivia Mansfield. <laughs> there you go. So if I end up shot to death tonight, you know why?
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Gave it away.
0: (laughs) Jeffrey Wright plays CIA agent Felix Leiter, marking the first time we've seen Felix since 1989's License to Kill when when vicious drug cartel leader Franz Sanchez has him lowered into a fucking shark tank and his legs eaten. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, brutal fucking movie. One of my favorites. But... We hadn't seen Felix in such a long time. And then I love that they kind of just, you know, something's up with this guy. And then when he finally confronts Bond and is like, I'm Felix Leiter from Langley, I'm like, oh my God. Like I, I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, such a cool moment.
1: It? it obviously changes the entire movie and allows allows him to keep going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would play Leiter again in Quantum of Solace and is slated to play him in No Time to Die. He also appeared in Ali, the Manchurian Candidate, The Hunger Games movies, Lady in the Water, The Ides of March, and the TV series Westworld. Such an odd career. And um, he's currently voicing The Watcher in Marvel's What If? on Disney+. And, uh, Hell yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. He's also going to play Commissioner Gordon in The Batman. So <laughs> buckle up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so cool. That's, it, it, it's, it's time to change. Everything about Gordon, you know, and, and really, really let let that stuff go. Like like let like Gary Oldman, you know, like let's let's go for a completely different style of actor. You know, obviously Oldman can can do all, <laughs> and is the man. But I think I think Jeffrey Wright is going to bring kind of a certain class to it that that we haven't seen, you know, maybe ever. It's a shame J.K.
0: Simmons never really got to play with the role.
1: Uh, I yeah, I think I think J.K. You know, being a uh, uh, Jameson, right, and the the Spider Man stuff, I think is is fantastic. But I think it like took away from him maybe making a move for a bigger role in, in some kind of superhero capacity, which which is unfortunate.
0: True, but I'd argue that J K Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson is the greatest comic book to screen adaptation of a character of all time. It's pretty much perfect. Oh <laughs> crap! Double crap! crap what are these
1: <laughs> yeah i i love i mean yeah talk about jk forever you can't print that
0: it's slander it is not i resent that slander is spoken and print it's libel <laughs> oh god i'll never get tired of james <laughs> <laughs> um finally oscar nominee giancarlo giannini plays renee mathis bond's ally and red herring Giannini was nominated for his performance in seven beauties was also in Hannibal man on fire and a lot of Italian movies. He would play Mathis again in quantum of solace. And this character is just kind of here to make you think he's not, you know, kosher. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Does a damn, damn good job of it. Uh, I love at the beginning, you know, when they're in Montenegro, uh, when they first get to Montenegro, sorry. And, you're like oh this is this is one of those guys who's been in the game for a long time and knows his way around all these rich-ass cities and uh for whatever reason as the audience you feel the exact same way that uh bond and vesper do just yeah okay this is the contact let's move on and, and you, you but you you should somewhere by watch just by watching movies and being trained to watch, you know, watch movies a certain way. You should know that this guy's up to no fucking good. Come on. like You should just know. But it, that's that's how good the film is. That's how distracting it is. That first time you watch it, you're like, ah,
0: motherfucker, Mathis is the one who told him about the towel. No. Well, I love <laughs> so even cool. in the end when, they, when he realizes it was Vesper and M's like, well, I guess that means we should set Mathis free. And Bond's like, no, no, no. We just know that she's guilty, not that he's innocent. Keep sweating him. Like, mm. oof. And then for Mathis and Quantum to be like, You ruined my life, (laughs) like you you locked me in a little room, and Bond's like, "Hey, you you look like you're doing fine." He's on like the Italian coast with a hot like new wife, drinking wine. Bond's like, "I don't think I ruined your life too hard."
1: (laughs) Yeah, you seem okay.
0: Oh yeah, I I freaking love him in Hannibal. I think that movie's underrated. Agreed. Uh, Yeah, just the bit you know the, the cat and mouse between him and Lecter culminating in the fucking disembowelment. I never never gets old. No. Uh, Casino Royale has an IMDb score of 8.0, Rotten Tomatoes score of 94%, grossed 606 million on a budget of 150 million, making it the highest-grossing Bond film until Skyfall breaks its record in 2012. And uh, Craig became the first ever actor to be nominated for a BAFTA for playing James Bond. So, good for him. So cool makes makes sense in in my eyes, yeah. And the only reason we're not doing this on Oscar Sunday is because it has no Oscar nominations, incredibly. Uh, yeah, that's why.
1: That's why. Uh, you know, um, this weekend, you know, you and Caleb are taking over and, and doing the one that did get some in Skyfall. So, uh, just just makes sense to uh, represent the two best films, I think, from this Craig run. Uh, no, 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 no shade to. Quantum Inspector, just I, I just these are more fun to talk about over a whole episode.
0: No shade to Spectre, Def, definite shade to Quantum. <laughs> I did, yeah. I don't know.
1: I, there's moments that are all right, but and I I I actually like the song a lot, that one. But I I don't, know. Uh, I don't
0: know. The song's great. I love the song, but after that, <laughs> I mean, we got cool car chase yeah. song, and then like an hour and a half of kind of what a Bolivian water crisis, and yeah, I don't know. It's just hard
1: to swallow Yeah
0: Whereas Casino Royale has maybe my favorite Bond theme You Know My Name by Chris Cornell Which sets the tone right off the bat That this is going to be a badass adventure Uh, So great I love the, well I guess we can go straight into, you know Discuss the movie Um, Yeah The opening, black and white You know, Bond going after the section chief Who's selling state secrets I don't have any of this shit written down This is just in my head now Yeah (laughs) Yeah And you find out that, you know, Bond's not yet a double O takes two kills to be a double O. And the first was the contact, the contact that Dryden sent. And I love that right off the bat, this is so much more brutal than anything we've seen from Bond. I mean, just beating a guy to death in a bathroom like that, drowning him in a sink. That's we don't see that. (laughs) Fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, I love that scene. It's a good little fight there for a minute. Good little squabble. And then, yeah, he Pulls the drain up a little bit and just bam, just puts him in there and like does not let go. And you're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's more brutal than really at the time, 2006. You know, like other action stars just weren't this ruthless. Like Jason Bourne was always like hesitant to me. He's always like, ah, oh, dude, stop being lame. Just fucking kill the guy already. And this bond is like ready to go right away, you know? Yeah. I, I I love that. I love that for me, for, for my action stars. I want them to just be ready to just destroy at any given moment.
0: Well, that's because now Bond had to compete with Mission Impossible and Jason Bourne and these, you know, harder edged uh, post nine eleven action heroes who were kind of taking over global terrorism. You know, Bond, for the most part, was Cold War espionage. But yeah. now you know, the enemy is bigger, the enemy is harder to find. That comes up a lot in Skyfall Inspector, the idea that, you know, you can't just point a gun and fire, you know, it's hard to figure out who's the bad guy now. And yeah, I think Bond living, you know, Bond existing in this world, in this new era, is really fascinating that you can kind of adapt this character to what you need to reflect the world. Uh, yeah, right on. And then, of course, you know, Bond shoots Dryden and is like, Bye. he's like, yeah, the first one's tough, but the second one is, and then he shoots him. And he's like, yes, considerably, and walks out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant touch. I like, I like the black and white touch too. I think that's really cool. Uh, in Prague, it gives you, gives you kind of an old school feel. You're like, you don't know exactly was this just a couple of weeks ago? Uh, how long? How long ago exactly was this? And that's part of the mystery of Bond as a, as a character, as a, as a fucking assassin. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's totally badass.
0: Yeah. And then we get, of course, the famous gun barrel sequence at first. You know, the opening credits, longtime Bond fans are like, what? Where's the gun barrel? Are we not doing the gun barrel? Because every Bond film opens with, you know, Bond walking down the barrel and shooting at the screen. Blood drops. And it's like James Bond. But the guy picking up the gun and then Bond shooting him in the sink. I mean, in the kitchen. And then the song hitting is maybe my favorite moment of the movie. I always get chills it's it's done so perfectly well
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's again setting itself apart from everything else before it and that that anticipation as a uh, if you're a huge bond fan that it, the anticipation of oh this is how I know it to be when is that co- when is this coming and then it hits you like that and you're like oh okay okay <laughs> you have to you have to give it props when it does something like that and this movie does that like 10 times <laughs> <laughs>
0: And this is also the first opening credit sequence since Dr. No, that does not have just random naked girls dancing around mostly because, you know, he was, he was seven. Wasn't quite yet James Bond. You know, he's got to become James Bond over the course of this film. That's why the bond theme is never heard until the end credits, which I love. It's such a great touch. The whole score is comprised out of, you know, my name. And then in the last, you know, five minutes when he shoots Mr. White and introduces himself as Bond, James Bond. Then we get the theme. It's like, now it's, mm. here it is. Here's the Bond we know and love. It's great. Perfect. Yeah. He's also wearing, an um, at the end, a replica of uh, Sean Connery's suit and Goldfinger. Just, just because. <laughs> so badass. Yeah. Ah! Um, <laughs> it's hard to pick, like, moments I love from this movie because it's really kind of just, one ongoing badass moment. There's no dull, oh, yeah. there's never a dull moment here. I love the whole damn movie.
1: That's 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 it. And you know, obviously, we've touched on uh, the, the massive poker scene. And I think one section we haven't really talked about yet is, is I again, one of my favorite parts, just like just like everything, uh, is uh, Mr. Demetrius when uh-huh. when he. <laughs> This is another thing that I love about this Bond, the Daniel Craig Bond, is is this, when he gets to, uh, he's in the Bahamas, and he gets to this little like resort, and the guy uh, he starts tying his shoe because he's looking at the security cameras, <laughs> and then this these fucking rich ass people with like a Range Rover or something are like, well, are you gonna park it or are you just gonna stand there, you know? And then he throws the keys to Daniel Craig and uh, to Bond, and Bond's like, oh, okay, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> and then he goes and backs up and like runs it into another car so that he gets everybody all jumbled up and everybody's running around. And then he pulls that fast one on the little the secretary. And he's like, If I would, if I were to try to get to, you know, get to Mr. Demetrius, what would I do? And she's like, Oh, he has the house up on the beach, you know? And he's like, Okay. It's so easy for him to just go through these conversations. And then you, you finally see them meet each other and they're playing. They get, they play poker. And it really sets the tone of, Poker is going to come up again. It's going to come up. Gambling is going to come up again. And that's where he wins the fucking Aston Martin. Bond wins an Aston Martin from this slimy dude. And then in very fine fashion, very, very great cutting, great editing here. They go all the way back to Miami. And he he follows him back to Miami. And that's where he stabs him, stabs Demetrius. And then that whole shit, fucking crazy shit storm scene happens at the airport which is so good. (laughs) It's such a good scene when the bomb, he gets it and puts it on the guy's fucking belt loop hole, you know, and that stuff is genius. And that happens in like 20 minutes. And you're like, Holy shit. (laughs) This is nuts. He just killed. uh, I don't know. I mean, he killed two major people and then who knows who else he injured, you know, during that time, but he just does it with, with style, with grit, Almost getting hurt many times himself, and I, I fall in love with that scene every time I watch it. The way he operates through the airport, tracking this fucker down, it's, it's so cool. What's that? What's that guy's name? The the one he that blow he blows up basically.
0: The character's name is Carlos. Carlos, um, yeah, I, I love
1: love that love that bit so much. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Claudio Santa Maria.
0: Nice. That's a name right there.
1: Yeah. Audio Santa Maria. All right. Yeah. That, that scene is, is wonderful. That guy has a very, very slimy look to him and he's, he's just up to no good right away. He's very easy to pick out of a crowd, that fucking guy. <laughs> I'm going to follow that guy. I, I, I love that scene so much. I, I feel like we haven't talked about that one at all. And it's, it's a set piece to just kind of admire. And I think it, is a you know it is showing what's a, what's going to happen you get more explosion you know as, as time goes on uh, there's that famous shot uh, of uh, Daniel Craig and Leah Seydoux where that's like the biggest explosion ever in cinematic history yeah. I think I think Casino Royale does those things it's like hey we're, we're, this one's here to stay you know this Daniel Craig stuff is going to be crazier it's going to be more explosive with the stuff he's doing and what we're just doing on screen And I I love that. I love how it's showing you. It's kind of teasing you like, oh, you think Casino Royale is it, you know, we're going to keep doing crazy shit and crazy, crazy action sequences. And, uh, I fall in love every time, man. Uh, when you watch this movie at home and you can, you know, oh, I got to go piss to pause it. You know, you got to pause it, go take a piss or something. You're like, holy fuck. I'm already an hour and a half in and I've watched so much amazing stuff, you know, and it's just going by like nothing. Um, that happened to me twice last night when I just got up, got up to go get a drink or got up to go to the restroom. And I was like, Jesus, this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> every, every, every cut is so awesome. And it make it just makes sense to me as a fan. And I I mean, I think that's the only major scene we haven't really talked about. And it's just perfect.
0: Whew. Yeah, it's uh it's something. Uh the whole bit with Demetrius and the the poker game, winning a <laughs> car is so satisfying because this guy, I love, so, all right. There's a <laughs> bit when, um, when it, <laughs> during the real poker game, the big one, when Bond tells Vesper, I need you looking fabulous so that the, when you come in to kiss me on the neck, the players will be thinking about you and not the cards. And we see Demetrius do that. And he tells his wife, like, if that was for luck, you're two seconds late. Like, yeah, you, know, you missed your cue. And then we see LeChief do that with his girl when he's on the yacht. Like this is just part of the game. (laughs) Like have your hot girlfriend distract the players.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely a a part of the, the mental, mental part of, uh, of playing. Do you, have you ever played poker? Do you like poker at all? I love poker. Yeah, me too. I adore it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not very good at it, but I, I God, I love playing so much and I love that part of it. I love the, social part of it i love trying to throw people off i love when other people throw me off like i love getting fucked over it's like oh fuck like you got me and and that's watching this movie is watching these titan titan people play really just a silly fucking game and i love that that's one of my favorite things in movies you know some of my you know like i love rounders to death house of games and California split gambling, gambling movies. I love them so much. Heart eight is, uh, I love heart eight. It's to see it in bond and see it this prevalent in the, in the film is like, Oh man, like they're taking this to a different height. You know, these guys are so fucking rich and, and have so much to play for that. I, you just can't take your eyes away that, that bit too. I think that's when, when he beats Demetrius, Demetrius says, uh, two kings in the hole and, and, and uh, Bond has two aces. Yeah. And
0: you're like, oh, dude. <laughs> my, my favorite bit of that is when Bond is, you know, grabbing his winnings and he just says to Demetrius, like, oh, I need the valet ticket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Demetrius yeah. just like, gives him the thing and then walks away. And then not only that, he fucking steals his girl. Yeah. <laughs> like just- Solange.
1: And Solange is the, is the classic Bond girl. Like, holy hell, she's absolutely stunning and is, like, there for – Demetrius like as I candy and then becomes a very interesting part of the plot. When bond chooses, this is another straight up mistake he made in a, and like she lost her life because of it. He leaves her, you know, gets the room service, gets the champagne and says it's for one and then leaves the room so he can go take care of business in Miami. Uh, that bit is brutality. And that's classic bond just being like, Oh, Females are disposable. I think it's said in the movie at one point by uh, by Vesper. She's like, "Women are or females are women." She says is like disposable pleasure to you.
0: Yeah, you see women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits.
1: Yeah, and that's wow. like, dude, that's that is classic Bond, just being like a total fucking prick. But but, but he, he but he, he kind of he, he, he fucking changes at one point in this movie and like really thinks about. I think I want to be with this woman forever. You know, she really accepts me uh, in and out. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love that. I love fucking with like the tropes, the, the stuff that we know Bond to be, and then changing him, you know, th- that transformation is, is huge.
0: Well, and also this seems like, I think the first movie to really draw attention to that, to the, to the collateral damage he leaves in his wake, the decisions he makes, you know, killing Demetrius in Miami, Means that, like M said, Solange was the only one left they could question, and they just they tortured her. This is Bond's fault, and none of the other films really go there. You know, Bond's the hero, and that's never like made into que- that's never questioned. Whereas in this one, he's constantly you're, you know you're kind of wondering like, did he make the right call with this? And most of the time, no, he didn't because this is his first mission as a double O. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. He's making it up as he goes along. I mean, you know, like when uh, they establish cover for him in Vesper, when he's, you know, supposed to be Mr. Beach or whatever it is. And he just throws that away and says, like, you find the reservation under bond. Like it's arrogance. And it shows LeChef that this guy, you know, thinks he can win. And that's not, you know, that was not smart. No just, yeah.
1: I love that when when uh Le is like. Mr. Beach or is that Bond? Yeah, like oh, oh, oh so good. So fucking conniving.
0: I love it. <laughs> I also love going back to Demetrios. The, yeah. the fact that it's, it's
1: Demetrios, card... right? Not demetrius It's more it's with an O, right? Oh. Yeah, Alex Demetrios. Yeah, he's Greek. Demetrios. Okay. Yeah. 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 My mistake. He's, no, I, uh, I was
0: saying I was saying Demetrius as well. Yeah, oh. <laughs> fucking Texans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that he actually wins the '64 Aston Martin classic Bond car, the Goldfinger car, like so good, so great. Just yeah. to have that in the movie is so is awesome. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. That it's not just handed to him. It's like, no, I fucking took it from this bastard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: he earned that car. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get it from Q Ugh. Branch. He won it playing cards against an asshole yeah yeah in the bahamas in the bahamas (laughs) Uh. Um, i also i don't know if you noticed this but in the airport um fucking richard branson is going through airport security okay
1: okay i i i meant to point that out earlier and he's just like smiling like putting his hands up yeah
0: i think it was like some of his planes ended up in the movie so he was like can i have a cameo and they're like sure unnecessary billionaire and just let him go through airport security well yeah yeah he has like his own Island
1: out there or something he has like His own private island out there yeah
0: That man is too Too rich like Way like I don't think we all Understand we all think Richard Branson's rich But the number we're thinking of it's like 10 Times that
1: (laughs) Yeah and then more yeah yeah, (laughs) Ridiculous
0: what he's able To do
1: I mean he could like save Countries yeah and he just 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 I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fuck around
0: (laughs) (laughs) But honestly like if I had, you know, $300 billion, probably fuck around too. I mean, Oh yeah. I would fuck around a little bit at least. Yeah. I'd like to think I'd save countries, but I don't know. Seems like a lot of work, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh boy. I hope one day I get to find out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I doubt it. You know, I think, I think that guy is uh, unattainable, you know, you know, just like, Bond is an unattainable type character. He's an unattainable, unattainable type, rich type, wealthy person in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to start an airline. <laughs> no, neither, neither do I. <laughs> I don't know where I go to buy islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, what the, I um, I do love the I, the, uh, the the car fight between Carlos and Bond. Totally oh. inspired by Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: hundred uh, like, percent.
0: Very yeah. exciting. Uh, yeah. God, where do we go from there?
1: um <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know i mean i so after after carlos gets just destroyed by his by, by, by the bomb which is just it yeah wonderful, and and bond is just smiling at him <laughs> like, gotcha <laughs> that's that's that side of bond that yeah i want to see that i want to see that kind of like nasty conniving side of him where he's like i'm gonna like not only fuck this guy's day up, but I'm going to like kill him in the worst way, <laughs> worst way possible. I guess what's right. What's right after that? That's when he that's when he goes back and finds that Solange is dead. Yep. Has been and tortured.
0: Then M puts the chip in his arm and tells him, yes, like, you're going to go to Montenegro and to Casino Royale and you're going to beat Le Chiffre and bring him in. Yeah, you're the best player in the in the agency. Like, Of course, that's what just- she's
1: she, she, well. She's like, I love that because she's like uh that's what I hear, you know, like from the other. That's what everybody says in the agency that you're the best player. I want to see the prequel movie where he's just beating the shit out of everybody in cards. Everybody in the agency. He's just fucking lining them up and tearing them all the pieces. I want to see that movie.
0: <laughs> I read this book series in uh, middle school. It was a uh, young James Bond. And it was about Bond's college days when he was at Eaton College for boys. It was about oh. five books long and it was really, really good. I remember just loving it. It was uh let me see if I can remember: Silverfin, Blood Fever, Double or Die, Hurricane Gold, and By Royal Command. Those were the five books. Hell yeah! God, I things I've memorized the, the stuff that's in here that I wish I could get out to put in shit that matters. <laughs> 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 but yeah. pretty good books. Uh, so yeah, you get to kind of see how James Bond became the you know losing his parents and the the people he you know, the, the villains he defeated back in the day, it was, they were good, but yeah, Bond is, you know, he's not gonna be second best in fucking anything. Of course, he's the, you know, the best player in the, in the agency or so am hears Um, so he gets chipped and then we go to Montenegro and he meets Vesper on the train. Correct. But before that, uh, Lashif finds out he lost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. By you know the Skyfleet plane not blowing up, and he's uh he's a little little miffed, little PO'd <laughs> little nettled yeah, hundred, over this.
1: Yeah, uh, hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, that would uh that would leave me a little bit stressed out. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll uh we'll parched. <laughs> 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 so um. Now Lashief has to recoup, so he sets up this poker game. I love that he he sets it up. I, I I forgot that little detail that Lashief is the guy who organized this whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he could win the money back and pay these pay these dudes back. Uh, uh, Stephen Obano. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you properly say it. And then uh, who's his boy? He has like a henchman. I'm not really sure. Uh, I also love uh malaka the bomb maker and oh yeah we need to talk about that yeah oh my god that scene that guy is just like a parkour fucking freak (laughs) yeah
0: he really does that shit he's just a professional free runner and uh craig did a lot of his own stunts jumping on that shit that's an impressive uh scene. i i love that i love the little bit of the you know the junior agent touching his ear and blowing their cover and oh the whole chase through the embassy and then blowing up the tank and M being like "You blew up an embassy. You've been a double O for like two days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what uh, the hell? It's, yeah. It's a whole international crisis. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. but she's like, Christ, I missed the cold war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That's a great scene. Uh, and of course, you know, Bond taking that guy out leads, uh, Demetrios to grab Carlos, his number two bondmaker. Bondmaker, not bond maker. Martin Campbell, he's a bond maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a two-time bondmaker. Yeah. So we go to Montenegro, Bond meets Vesper, his match, and they talk about each other's lives, kind of, you know, making assumptions that are pretty accurate. He's a damaged orphan and she is a slightly more damaged orphan. yeah oh man and she's you know loyal to we find out later she's loyal to this boyfriend of hers who's been kidnapped by you know quantum but specter and uh, he ends up being a specter agent and this whole thing was to get you know trick her into stealing the money for them so twisted really kind of you know it's unfortunate kind of you know her character is so uh, you think it ruins her character that she's so loyal to this to this dude, this this boyfriend? Uh, I'll tell you what:
1: if Casino Royale stood on its own, it would do her a lot more justice, wouldn't it? It would it would give her yeah. a lot more a lot more. It, it'd give me and and all viewers, the whole audience, more peace about her.
0: Because like this guy, the boyfriend, his job is to seduce. Women who are who have powerful positions in governments around the world and get them to spill state secrets. And you feel I feel like Vesper wouldn't be wouldn't fall for that scheme. You know, she seems so not much the, smarter than that.
1: Yeah, not that not the Eva Green Vesper that we meet in Casino Royale. No way. You know, there's just no way. Nah, no. Nah, so nah. it doesn't it doesn't totally line up with what we knew in the movie. You know what we knew in Casino Royale while she's alive. Yeah, it's tough.
0: Yeah. So when we get to, we meet the players, um, you know, there's this big black dude, there's Jeffrey Wright, there's this, this Japanese dude named, like, fuck you too. Yeah. Love. yeah. <laughs> love that guy. I always thought it'd be funny if, like, while Bond and Le Chiffre are, you know, going head to head, they don't even realize that one of these other guys is, like, the greatest poker player on earth and just completely destroys them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that would be really funny. Yeah, they're both like motherfucker. Yeah, this guy just just takes all the money. Yeah, and, and and that 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 table. Oof! What a table to be at, and the dealer. What a performance! I'm not quite sure who that is or what that guy is. Unbelievable in this movie. At, you know, Monsieur, Monsieur Bond. You know, you're you're big blind. You're small blind. Da, da, da. Bet is 5,000. The ability to watch everything so closely, what's happening. You know, it's very, it's a very tough job to be like a croupier, to be a dealer, to be one of those people is not easy. And then to do it in this room with these people, with this, the stakes in this like private room, uh, just hats off to that guy. That performance is fucking out of this world. And I'm super entertained by what he's doing while dealing. And I've always been fascinated by the sleight of hand and so watching him kind of deal with the cards and lay them all out and do different little tricks yeah. just adds to the flair of the movie.
0: I I bought, when, I, when this came out on DVD, I got a special deluxe edition that came with two decks of cards with the Casino Royale imprint on it and a $25 Casino Royale poker chip. Ah, oh, man. I still have all that. I was of, yeah. yeah, you should, yeah. <laughs> so cool. Uh, so as we said, the poker scenes are intense as hell. Maybe the best scenes in the film. And it's just, you know, you're playing the guy across from you. It's Lashif versus Bond. They both know what the other is. And Lashif's tail is so goddamn obvious, like ridiculous. You know, the fact that he like puts his hand on his head to block it. Like, come on, man. Aren't you supposed to be amazing at this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be? And just, it's just more of a reminder that he's like, he's acting. He's like a little kid in a man's body, just being like, I can play with the big boys. It's like, no, dude, you're. You're on, you're low level, dude. You're, yeah. you're fucking mid. <laughs> yeah.
0: You are a terrorist's accountant. Like, you're the banker to the bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, ah, uh, it's hilarious. Like, being, you know, garbage man at the Cobra compound. Like, yeah, you're in the gang, but <laughs> you're, they're looking down on you. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but he's still, he's one of my favorite Bond villains. Mostly because he, you know, he refuses to accept that he's lesser Like he's not yes. You know, he, he's gonna He's I think he's trying to use this money to like Upgrade his own status But he keeps failing at it Yeah,
1: that's exactly <laughs> right He's like trying his hardest to move up In this kind of underworld You know, the, this criminal Criminal underworld And he's he just can't quite hang
0: <laughs> Nope Uh so I think um, uh, prior to the poisoning, um, he tr- Obano and his guy try to kill Le chief Bond interrupts them, fights them off. Vesper helps him kill them, and she has a complete break as she realizes exactly what this is, what she's in for. You know, she's been kind of giving Bond the business for being kind of a, you know, you're just a grunt. But then when the chips are down and he kills two people, she's like, holy shit, this is real. Like, you know, I just helped kill somebody. And I love that depiction of her just in the shower with her, you know, her dress still on just crying because she can't cope with this and bond realizing she can't cope and trying his best to console her. It's a great human moment for both of them.
1: Yeah. Really, really, really touching type scene. I love, yeah, both with the clothes on in the shower and he's like, are you cold? And she's like, yes. And he kind of puts his hand around her. Like I got you. No. And for a minute a minute there it's kind of almost like uh yes, like i'm I'm attracted to her, of course, yes, all these things, but like in this moment, I have to kind of be an older brother I kind of have to like put all that shit to the side and like you said be be very human and read read the room, and she's clearly uncomfortable as hell with what just happened and i I would be too, good God, what a crazy fight scene you know, going down the stairs and these guys both meet their death, and he and not only do they meet their death, but Bond is like, I need to call Mathis and get these fucking bodies hidden, you know? And that's what happens. And they're like laughing about it afterwards. When they see when the bodies are in the car, they're both like,
0: <laughs> Well, I love that <laughs> like, immediately Jesus. after, I know it's fucked. Immediately after this, Bond goes to his bathroom and like, you know, pours himself a drink and composes. We've never in the history of the Bond franchise seen Bond deal with it. Before, like the aftermath of the murder, where he's just like, "Okay, all right, fuck, calm down," you know. We don't see that ever, but I love that we got to see Bond have a drink and settle down. It's it's awesome, and then you know, change his shirt and go back to poker. And Lashif gives him the business. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. After, so look, many- after after Lashif just got threatened, like, "Hey, if you don't win this and give us the money tomorrow, you're you're done." And Lashief has the audacity to be like, "Ah, oh, did you change shirts? Wow, well, you know, the, you know, like m- making fun of his sweating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fucking the fucking audacity of of Mads Mikkelsen as Lashief is so cool.
0: <laughs> so I think that takes us to the poison, which yeah. is such a great scene technically speaking the the only villain who ever actually killed bond (laughs) be it briefly. (laughs) true true but uh yeah just him realizing it was kind of letting him know like yep that is poison you're feeling (laughs) and he gets up grabs some salt tries to puke it out but it's already in his bloodstream and then goes to the car and alerts mi6 and it's such a tense scene like you know the camera's like pulsing and you're just like shit you think for a second like when he pulls the cord out, like, oh shit, it's not plugged in, you're like, he's gonna die. <laughs> like, how does he get out of this? And Vesper, you know, brings him back. <laughs> and then he asks if she's okay. I love that. She's like, what? Am I okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. And he goes back to the poker game. The Chief's like, you were supposed to be dead.
1: <laughs> ah, great. Great scene. Yeah, I love that scene so much. That's where... I think Martin Campbell's best stuff. His best stuff comes about uh, the the attention to detail with uh, you know him him grabbing the the glass and the salt and going to the restroom and then realizing okay this is very very strong I gotta like get back to the car and see if i can try to save my life here and he's swaying through the street these cars are passing and he spins and all that stuff is just is just brilliantly executed and is one of those very rare moments where bond like you said bond like leaves us for a moment and it's pretty epic to be honest it's like an hour and a half in hour and 40 minutes in you still have like 45 minutes to go in the movie and you're like what what, what's going on? What's going on here? You know, yeah. <laughs> like he, he has to win. He's Bond, and sure enough, he does, but it, it really is a more challenging moment than I've ever seen in any bond movie where this guy is like, I'm going to go ahead and take him away from the equation. Cause this guy might beat me.
0: That's when the that's when, you know, the fucking scared. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a wild animal backed into a corner at his most dangerous. Uh, great.
1: <laughs> his his girlfriend will do anything like yeah. she's just like whatever i don't even care if you don't care about me yeah Malenka. poor girl wanker uh,
0: <laughs> i i think it's cool i think the is the only person i can't think of any in the entire bond franchise who actually beats bond at cards like that never happens i can't think of any other instance so the fact that bond loses the game he loses all the money and then Felix spies him back in. I love that. The Felix is like, you know, I'll be, you're better than me. You get, you can do this.
1: Oh yeah, that's one. That's one of my favorite lines from the movie is when is when Lashief shows his two cards and goes, "Oops," <laughs> and that's when he beats him. Like, I fucking got you. You know, <laughs> so cool. Oh, it just says, "Oops," and shows it. I, I can't remember what hand that was. I get I get the hands confused. Uh, I think it was a full house. Yeah, I think that's when he has a full house of, like, jacks and fucking kings or something. I'm not really sure. And that's just a
0: brilliant, brilliant touch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, there's this little moment. I don't remember when it was, but uh, I think it's right about when Felix bows out of the tournament. He just goes, looks like someone knows something I don't. <laughs> and <Yeah>. holds. Like, <laughs> ah, cool. And Genius. so with Felix's input, I love Bond goes back to the table fully stacked and it's like, shall we up the blind? <laughs> like, ah, well, I love it. And of course, that comes down to a real showdown between Bond and Le Chief where Bond takes his ass down with a straight flush. Oh, of spades. Yeah. So fucking cool. <laughs> oh, man. Four to the eight. I remember the yeah. fucking hand. I love this movie so much. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's It's so badass that cuz you you can see Laschief cuz he at one point earlier in the movie when he's playing on his like yacht and he calls out uh that it's like a 17 he uh, he calls out the percentage of chance yeah. of this guy beating him of this guy having you know a, a hand that's better than his
0: i have a two pair and you have a 17.4% chance of making your straight correct
1: yeah <laughs> I love that. And you can see him counting that out in his head while he's playing against bond. And he's like, okay, there's only so many of these good cards on the table. What the fuck does this guy have? And it's the most rare thing you can get in a fucking, in a fucking hold'em game. So it's just like, Oh man, (laughs) so, so epic. It's so hard to believe that, (laughs) that this would actually get pulled off that someone would actually have this hand, but he, he fucking has it, man. And it, is one of the most epic card scenes I've ever seen in any, any movie, any gambling movie.
0: Oh, it's perfect. Uh, this, so after that, chief obviously is like, well, I'm not walking away. And kidnaps Vesper and we get that epic car crash with the, uh, the Aston Martin. I think it, it, it broke the Guinness record for the most flips in a car stunt. Uh, which is great. And uh, Bond gets captured and tortured with the rope to the nuts be one of the hardest scenes to watch for any man on earth uh and i love how the chief points out like i've never he says i've never understood all these elaborate torture devices is the simplest thing to cause a man more pain than he can possibly endure like christ (laughs) get chills
1: yeah he's like uh it'll so much so that there'll be a little left to resemble him being a man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I read a theory that the reason Bond is so willing to sleep with any woman like and to hell with the consequences is cuz his incident with Lashif here made him impotent.
1: Yeah, that's very very possible. Like there will be no children. There is no there is I have no I have nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. The bond, yeah, no way. He got whacked in the nuts like five times. That he no.
1: I, I love that though. He's like, To the right, yes. <laughs> he's like he starts laughing and he's like, You're a funny man. And he's like, No, oh, I just think it's funny that you're gonna die because you're scratching my balls or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the whole world's so gonna brilliant. know that
0: you died scratching my balls. Yeah,
1: so brilliant. <laughs> That's bond. That's bond being like mad, like fucking like Joker mad, you know, just like off his rocker. Like, Oh, right. I'll in do that- I don't, I don't care. I'll do anything. I, I, you can't
0: get through me in that moment. Bond's like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm not making it out of here, but I'm not going to let him win regardless. Like what a double O right there. That's a double. Well, the chief was going to cut off and feed him his nuts. That was going to happen before Mr. White showed up. <laughs> I wonder if privately Bond, like, ever was like, hey, Mr. White, I just want to thank you for showing up when you did. Like, I know we're on opposite sides of the law here, but respect. <laughs> respect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird that, you know, the Bond villain dies, like, halfway through the movie. That's never happened before. Yeah, just shot straight in the face. Money isn't as important to our organization as knowing who to trust. What a great, great line. (laughs) Oh, you don't get it. You're not Spectre Material, Lashif. Oh, go back to Quantum with the rest of those bitches. (laughs) And then basically from there, it's, you know, Bond retiring on the countryside with the woman of his dreams and then realizing she's been playing him the whole time. And yeah. it's so devastating because he wants to he wants her her dead. he says, "You know, allow me, but then when faced with her death, he, he tries to save her because he loves her so much. it's devastating yeah and, uh,
1: there's there's somewhere in him that's like there's no way there has to be something bigger you know and you think that you know Mr. White made a deal to spare his life, you know and all this all this convoluted stuff that really makes sense yeah. Uh, there's somewhere in his heart where he's like, "There's no way. Like, there has to be something pushing her to act this way," because I know there's like a part of her that loves me too, and it's just ah, it's tough.
0: I love when M points out. You know, we're sometimes we're so focused on our enemies, we forget to watch our friends. Yeah, so profound. Classic. And it it shapes Bond as a human being. You know, the job's done, the bitch is dead. That's that's who he is going forward.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's dark but it makes sense you know he needed This tragedy to finally push him Into being the James Bond we know and love Ah man I kind of liked Romantic James Bond though for a little Bit there you know he he was going to He was resigning he was going to just Use this you know hundred million dollars To sail the world with Vesper that was going to be his Life Mm. Sad
1: Very sad yeah they went to Venice and we're just going to hang out Ah
0: Venice Hmm. I, always think, I always think of Last Crusade Whenever Venice Tim popping out of the sewer grate And just like Ah Venice Yeah <laughs> um, Here's some shoutouts
1: A couple shoutouts to, yeah. shout to Indiana Jones tonight Yeah
0: I know I'm gonna see if I can fit in A Temple of Doom Before we're done here <laughs> <laughs> uh, Here's some film guys and facts Number one This is the first Bond movie Where it rains What the hell? While he's driving, yeah. I know, weird. Like, I've never paid attention to that, but yeah, apparently this is the first time in the entire Bond franchise that it rains. (laughs) That's insane. Number two, this is the first James Bond movie where he failed all of his mission objectives. LaShif died without revealing any information on his network. MI6's money was lost to the terrorist organization, and Vesper also died without revealing anything. They they don't learn a damn thing. This whole movie, it's completely fruitless.
1: Hell yeah. I love fruitless movies that are just dark and fucking leave you just uh just crying.
0: <laughs> I know what a bummer. But even you know, they capture Mr. White, but as we learned at the beginning of Quantum, he gets away and they still don't learn anything.
1: Ah. Yeah, I should have just killed his ass when you had him, Mr. Yeah. Bond.
0: True, but then he never would have given him info on Blofeld and Specter, and he would have never found that.
1: Still found a way you know by doing something sleazy but uh <laughs> but, but but yeah I, I i just shoot that guy in the face he's
0: he's he's bad news um <laughs> uh, number three quentin tarantino was interested interested in doing a bond movie featuring the early years of james bond uh that was gonna be set in the 60s with pierce brosden returning to the role uh they ended up both abandoning the project so we never got that but We could have gotten a Quentin Tarantino Casino Royale set in the 60s with with Brosnan. Potentially. Yeah. But if it's supposed to be
1: Bond, like younger, like and it's after all the Brosnan movies already. I don't like that. I mean, I would be down for uh, I would be down for that idea if it was a different actor.
0: Well, I mean, you know, with Brosnan, they could have done a prequel and you just kind of ignore the fact that he's older, kind of like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Got it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's different. That's just three years.
1: I know. That's just three years, <laughs> but that's great. I'm so glad you fit that in. Classic, great sequel. Uh, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of a total auteur in the middle of his prime taking on a franchise and doing something different with it. Probably better because, you know, we get a, we get a little movie called Inglorious Bastards in 2009. And I'm sure he was working on that, you know, um, during that time, I'm sure he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with that movie, which, you know, I mean, Bastards, Casino Royale, give or take, they're both fantastic. I just, I, I would love to see him use an actor who's like really like in his twenties. Yeah. Cause that, that sounds pretty fucking cool i mean look what we just saw tarantino messing with the 60s and once upon a time in hollywood so i would yeah
0: i would just love to see a bond film that doesn't take place now i mean we got this whole you know why not bring bond back to the 60s and try to do like you know a cold war espionage movie with james bond like why does it have to be you know now i mean why i think we should try something like that again this is this is yeah
1: i agree i think I think not attaching yourself. I mean, you you already spoke on it earlier about how if you're gonna with franchises you you put on these contracts, you know, four, five, six films. But the the advantage of doing something like the Timothy Dalton, like if you did just two films, I mean imagine Idris Elba like in nineteen eighties, you know, like playing Bond 40 years ago. Fuck yeah. Like that sounds perfect. That sounds like something I'd watch right away, or watch uh uh, I don't know, fucking Tom Hardy playing him in the fucking fifties or sixties. Sure, like I'm in. I, I would I would watch that in a heartbeat. Just as kind of a spinoff type thing, you know, where it's <laughs> like, hey, we can, like you said, you have decades of stories you can tell. This character was made in what 1953 in Fleming, so let's use the past 70 years of of history and stories to just to just go there. But I don't know. I I'm also a bigger fan of pre like iphone pre all this all this technology i think it's more interesting for like action movies to not and spy movies specifically to not have all these fucking gadgets that just tell you every fucking thing you need to know i think there's a little bit more nuance there's more nuance to a 60s or 70s spy type thriller so i think you're right man that'd be really cool
0: yeah you're not wrong I, i think there's there's potential here that i think is just not that's untapped the Bond franchise, for some reason, has never faltered in their formula, and I think, you know, with now that Amazon owns it, you know, owns MGM, and I think by default owns the Bond franchise. I think we're going to see some uh, some different shit in the next few decades. That would be that would be awesome. I mean,
1: I'm 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 kind of in no matter what they do. You know, I'll always check out what's going on with Bond. Yeah. He's that kind of that kind of character, and I think you you have to give it up to. To Daniel Craig for kind of molding it into what I know it to be because you know we we were young we were young when this one came out in Casino Royale and so he's kind of been with us our entire lives uh, yeah. as Bond so 15 years is more than half my life and he's a, he's a, he's a big part of what I think when I think Bond he, he kind of is what I think
0: yeah me too for the most part uh, my final film guys in fact I just love this when Bond wins the the poker match, he he slides a large red chip to the dealer as a tip. That chip is worth $500,000.
1: Yeah, and the dealer just says, "Thank you."
0: Yeah. He tips the guy 500 grand. That's oh god, that's a that's a job to aspire to is, you know, poker poker dealer to the to the rich and famous cuz they're just going to casually tip you a big red chip. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. It's life-changing money. In, yeah, insanity. Um, So I wanted to bring this up briefly Technically speaking, Casino Royale is a remake Uh, The book was loosely adapted in 1967 By a movie that was directed by like five different directors One of whom is John Huston 1967's Casino Royale is a parody Starring David Niven, Woody Allen, Peter Sellers And several other actors all playing James Bond For some reason This movie makes no sense the more I look into it It sounds terrible. I don't intend to watch it. It was a huge bomb. And uh, yeah, I I just wanted to bring it up because it exists. I don't know why it exists, but it exists.
1: Yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. And thank God it's not part of the proper canon,
0: you know? Oh, God. There's the one that Connery did in the 80s, too, where he remade Thunderball. Never say never again. I have not yet seen that one either. Uh, No, thanks. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not the Broccoli's Eon Productions. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, I give Casino Royale a 10. It's my favorite Bond movie. An argument can be made for it to be the best in the entire franchise. It rejuvenated the Bond series, watched Daniel Craig as superstar Stardom. Great movie.
1: Yeah. I I also give it a 10. I've always had it as a 9. Just there's this, this thing I've gotten over uh, after, especially after doing these shows and specifically doing oscar sunday and just kind of getting more confident talking about movies and why you love them i've gotten over this thing that oh a movie has to do something specific to be like perfect in my eyes and i realized that no there's it can come in many different ways it uh a movie that i see as perfect for me as a viewer not for everybody but for me as a viewer it, it doesn't have to be uh it doesn't have to conform to like my identity and be exactly for me to be a film that I love. And Casino Royale, there's not a lot of like spy thrillers that are in my upper echelon of movies that are like tens in my mind. But this is, this one is it. I moved it, moved it up from nine to a 10 last night after watching it. Cause I just confronted myself. Why, why do you have to think that, Oh, this movie uh, has to be, a 10 for me because it's more it's more for it's more austin style it's more for me it's like no like just because it's a bond film and a franchise film doesn't mean i can't call it a 10 and call quantum of solace like a six it's okay to do that it's okay yeah. to have those differing differing thoughts just because they're inside of something and with that being said you know it really is one of the only, you know, I love the Lord of the Rings movies, but it's one of the only franchise films that I give that kind of respect to. It really is. I, I adore it so much. And watching it last night, I was just floored, completely floored by it. And I I don't own any of the Bond films because I'm like, oh, if I have one, I probably need to buy them all. And that's that's coming up on 25. <laughs> But goddamn, I need to own Casino Royale just so I just so I know I can pop it in the player no matter what happens, because it's
0: it's that good. I won 200 bucks in Vegas and decided to buy the James Bond Blu-ray collection with it. That's genius. Yeah, (laughs) I played a little bit of cards. I gambled and I got two hundred dollars and I'm going to
1: spend it on some fucking badass shit. Yeah,
0: well, it was the Wheel of Fortune penny slots, but still.
1: Hey, next time say uh, next time say blackjack. Yeah, (laughs) I swear to God, I was playing cards. (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, in regards to you know what you said about the franchise, I mean, this is a film that this is a franchise that's twenty five films strong. They're not all going to be tens. No, and like to me, there's there's only two tens in the Bond franchise. To me, and that's Casino Royale and Goldfinger. The rest of them range between you know five and nine. There's nothing's dipped below a five, but I'm, you know, I wonder if no time to die is going to be a third 10. I think that will be amazing. Uh, I think that's a lot to aspire to. So I got to lower my expectations a bit. Time will but, tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Oh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. This was really fun. Uh, next week, the cycle is once again interrupted this time by Michael Myers himself. Next awesome. Friday is the long awaited release of Halloween kills. So, obviously, we're going to revisit 2018's Halloween. 40 years after the events of the original Halloween, Michael Myers breaks out of Smith's Grove once again, but this time a shell-shocked, battle-hardened Laurie Strode is waiting for him. As Michael terrorizes Haddonfield for a second time, Laurie hunts him down to end the Boogeyman for good. I love Halloween 2018, and it felt right to talk about it next week for Halloween Kills. You you know, if if Kills hadn't come out this October, we would have done Season of the Witch, but... You know, of course, we're going to pair these two. So, yeah, yeah. buckle up. It's going to be so much fun going into 2018's Halloween. Fuck um, yeah. <laughs> also, don't miss the Oscar winning Bond adventure Skyfall on Oscar Sunday and No Time to Die on Monday's sneak preview. Bond week. <laughs> it
1: is Bond week. That's that's for sure. And it deserves that. It deserves, deserves that
0: praise. We love we love this shit. You know,
1: 15 years, 15 years of making good movies.
0: Hell yeah. And um, if you, you know, you can feel free to follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Filmgasm Productions. You can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you've got suggestions, want to see certain movies, want to just ask us about something, always open to chat. And uh, we thank you for your patronage. If you're donating to the show, thank you so much. If you're listening to the show, thank you so much. We love you. Hell yeah. In the meantime, go have yourself a martini. Keep watching movies.